Hi, my name is Monica Gleberman. I'm Victoria Dupuy. And you're listening to Silence On Set Podcast. Today's episode is so exciting because the director of the hit Hulu movie, Fresh, Mimi Cave, is here, along with two of the film stars, Deo O'Kaney and Jonica Gibbs. This movie has left me speechless, and if you haven't seen it yet, it's streaming now, so please go give it a watch and come back. Enjoy the episode, and here's your official spoiler warning, so you can't say we didn't warn you. Enjoy. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Great to meet you as well. Okay, so I have so many questions for you, so I'm just going to jump right in. Um, I, I guess I first wanted to know what kind of drew you to the project, because it's very different than what I've seen some of your other work that you've done. <laughs> so uh, specifically like 20s and like other things, it's a very different character for you. Um, so I wanted to know kind of how you got involved to begin with. You know, I probably got to give all that due to my agent, Houston, um, Houston Costa. He introduced me to the script. I read it. I thought it was super um, dope and exciting. And it felt like something my dad would, you know, watch, you know, like just we would go get a blockbuster movie and it would be the type of movie that we would watch together or something like that. And then I did a general meeting with Mimi fell in love with Mimi and it was just like, I really want to do this mainly because the script was super dope. I really related to Molly and thought she was cool. And Lauren Kahn, the writer had already pre-written her so funny and likable. And also just, I would say like a, a, a pillar in the whole storyline in a certain type of way that I really loved. And so, you know, after meeting Mimi um, through a general meeting, um, that just sealed the deal. I was like, I really, really would love. And of course, I mean, I can't even front having Sebastian Stan as the lead and Daisy Edgar Jones co-leading. I was like, hell yeah, I'm trying to, you know, why not? <laughs> yeah, of course, right? I think if anyone sees their, you're like, um, yeah, Marvel, hello, look at right, me, right? <laughs> Put it in the universe. Oh, exactly. <laughs> um, well, this is coming out, I should let you know, after um everyone watches it because i know it's coming out tomorrow so okay cool talk, so well, talk i can talk freely yes. okay cool well, you can tell i was like <laughs> yeah. no it's okay I um, so i wanted to talk about i love your character molly because i feel Thank like you. in most i was talking um earlier about this in most like horror movies even though i kind of consider this a little bit of a genre bending film but in horror movies most of the time I feel like the women characters are portrayed kind of stupid, like just for lack of a better term, right? Like we're the ones that are falling. We're the ones that you're like, no, don't go behind the door. Like we're always like yelling. Your character starts off with total concern. I feel like total like, like red flags are going up and I feel like your character starts that way right away. Even mm -hmm. kind of maybe before the audience mm -hmm. starts thinking there might be something odd. So what was it like playing you know, because that's so not your typical kind of woman in a horror movie, which was so nice. So uh, what kind of like drew you into Molly and the fact that she's so concerned right away? Instantly, she starts seeing the red flags that maybe uh, Daisy's character doesn't see. Well, honestly, that's what um, what I loved about Molly and related to Molly the most was because you think common sense is common, but most of the time is not, you know, and my mom and I are both Aries. So a lot of times we, we just think that people should think the way we do and like, they should just know better, you know, but so Molly gives me Aries energy. You know, she speaks her mind. She's like blunt, but it's funny. You know, it's like, it didn't like, Hey, that was the truth, but it didn't hurt my feelings. You know what I'm saying? That type of thing. Um, and I think, yeah, her intuition is just high, you know, the way the way Lauren wrote the character, these two characters are so close and they know each other so well and their friendship is so distinct that they can feel things for each other that I think like maybe they 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 haven't felt for themselves yet. And they can, you know, in a world where we've heard all the stories, you know, um, yeah, I think it would be easy for a character to be like, you got picked up by a guy in the grocery store and you just going on a trip. Like, you know, it's just like all these things that could turn into something that, you know, you as a, a friend, um, especially with Noah not having much family and things of that nature, I think that Molly definitely it felt like from my perspective, 
Molly has taken on this role of like a family member and also like who's gonna tell it to you like better than your family you know you may not want to receive it but you know um and when a when a friend transitions into being more like a family member I think that they can decipher things and have intuitive feelings for you um that are deeper than just your average friendship so I think that's what Molly was honing in on like I see you, girl, trying to go outside your box and comfort zone, but it's feeling a little like you need to go back. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. I know. And you were, I mean, you're so good in it. And thank you. When Molly sees the red flags, I, I, you know, the way the movie is structured, it starts off and I didn't even realize that the credits didn't even play. Like I was like so invested. So like that was, uh, you know, and obviously we watch, I watch everything, right? Because I have to interview all these people and screen all these things. That was the first time that I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait, right. what's happening? Because like, right. you don't even see the credit. And then I remember looking at the time on the bottom of the screener, uh, I saw it for Sundance. And at the bottom, it, it, we were like 30 minutes in. And I was like, I went 30 minutes without even realizing that they didn't even show like the movie title. Right. And then you know, it veers so far in the, in a different direction, basically relatively soon after that title appears. So I was like, what am I watching? And your character, I related to so much because I feel like you also, Molly could have just looked some stuff up, thought it was weird, got some weird messages. She's texting her. Maybe it seems a little odd. The messages she's getting Mm -hmm. back could have just stopped there. Yeah, but goes like next level to like go to his house, you know, and like your character kind of brings us to even like the next level crazy of what's happening in this film by mm-hmm. seeing that he has a family and things that like we don't know and we're kind of finding out with you. Mm-hmm. So how do you build her from where you start off and you're like, mm, I'm interested. She, you know, I'm kind of worried about my friend to a point where you're going to his house to then where you're sending a map going, listen, if something goes wrong, this is where I'm going to be. Like, how did you build that arc? Well, you know, I would assume, um, I just kind of went into it with the conceptualization of the character and their relationship in terms of like, Noah doesn't have any family. So if not me, it ain't going to be her mother or her father because they're not in the picture, you know? And so um, I think Molly was like, I have to step up to, Take, and the thing is, I related to that situation so much because I have a best friend that I consider my confidant. My, my, I don't have a biological sister, but she is my sister. And same situation. If I thought, if I thought she was in trouble or you know something awry going on, I would waste no time. I probably would go to the police first, but I also would do my own personal investigating. I wouldn't go straight to their house without any notification of the police. You know, because somebody need to know where I'm at. However, I definitely related to seeking the truth to the extent of putting yourself potentially in danger, you know, and um, that I like I've experienced that type of friendship. You know, I know that type of friendship. So it didn't feel far fetched to me that she would go out of her way to do those things. Because, yeah, if you're like something doesn't feel right and you're speaking to me, but it doesn't feel like it's you, you know, and if I go to the police, I'm not your mother, I'm not your father, I don't even know if I can file a report, you know, Um, I'm not your partner, I'm I'm your friend, you know, so it's like, you could go to the police, however, I mean, even unfortunately up until now 2022 we hear cases about the police dropping the ball or not taking interest especially in regards to it being a dating situation you know unfortunately some people may put this uh assumption that these people put themselves in that predicament or that they you know I think that the empathy for those type of situations is just different you know uh, unfortunately, because you should be able to date safely without the worry of somebody kidnapping you or harming you in some type of way and without being judged because you were dating. Um, so I could, I completely related and understood like why she would forego seeking help from the police and be like, hey, I just figured out a clue on my own. I'm just going to go do my own investigation. You know, I will say, her calling the phone before she got out the door, I think I would have waited till I was on the other side. I would have just, you know, then you can run or something. But, you know. <laughs> well, she, I, I think she did like, she did such a great job of almost being fearless, which yeah. is very 
powerful in a movie like this because I I was talking earlier about how it's so female driven because like I said we're always like the dumb ones like you know in the movies and this is not that case this is like a completely no. different this is women saving women and mm-hmm. you know even like Dario's character we were talking earlier like he shows up <laughs> he's like I'm out and he just like, and, I was like how, and when I first saw it I was like how could you do that but then when you think about it and then when you start and I've seen it multiple times since you start going they didn't need him anyway like guns were going off and things were happening but they kind of saved each other and your mm-hmm. character is so badass like such a strong badass woman so I was so excited like to see it on screen um so I know that obviously you mentioned Sebastian earlier when you kind of first meet him so I want your take on this as Molly first mm-hmm. meets him Mm-hmm. she's getting the bs version right like him going i have no idea like what are you talking about kind of thing right <laughs> and then yeah that phone thing killed me i went oh no like you know when the, phone, know, when the, the music phone dropped, dropped. It, i went it, oh no she's she's in trouble bad. how is it acting with him because he i think you know he's playing two people in a sense right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. this like facade person and then this like i guess real life you know person that uh, the behavior is very different so what is that yeah. like for you as an actor because you're coming in and we're meeting him and seeing his fake kind of family or whatever scenario and then you eventually see the bad part of him because you're on a table and you have no idea what's going on yeah, so what yeah. is that kind of dichotomy like well from molly's perspective i'm sure the nice side was her preference but from jojo's <laughs> perspective as an actor i had a lot of fun playing with steve when he was being bad <laughs> like, um and Sebastian is so fearless and brave. Like when we were doing the action scenes, the uh, stunt man, he was like, yeah, you're getting too close to my face. You're, you don't have to get that close. And I'm like, nah, bro. Me and my brother used to play fight all the time. I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to hit you. Don't worry. But we got to make this look real. He's like, it's, it's going to look real. But you're getting. And then I would go with Sebastian. And Sebastian would be like, look, do what you feel. If you, you want to hit me, hit me. Come at me. Just, you know, just do it. And I'd be like, all right, look, you just gave the wrong person the green light but we finna do this and so it was it was freeing it was like you know when we did the scene at their house we were all in the garage chatting and then we would go and do the scene and it was the most uh realistic natural scene you know that felt felt and then you switch to I'm fighting you and we're doing you know what I'm saying and I'm trying to live and you know like you're the ultimate enemy because you're trying to kill me so yeah, I don't think, I mean, we everything was shot on different days, so the transition wasn't tough. However, I do think Sebastian did an incredible job really distinctually uh, depicting the different versions of this character. Um, and so it made it really fun to, what was, was great was that we did the scene in the house before we started doing the physical stuff. So I could recall on that moment um, as a character and as an actress and be like, yeah, you did do that. You did, like, I did come over and peacefully ask you some questions and y'all hit me over the head and now I'm locked up in this dungeon, you know? Like, so it really added to the emotion, I think, in the moment of acting, acting those scenes out when we were trying to escape and, you know, and the the ending and stuff like that. But he he did an amazing job depicting those characters. Well, I thought you guys were so good because when you first meet him, you're in a house, semi kind of see a kitchen, you know, versus the end where you're in a kitchen and the three mm-hmm. of you are literally fighting for your lives you know and kind of all attacking him to ultimately you know outside and so what was I know like the process to me must seem like amazing as an actor you're running in the woods you're supposed to be injured you guys are all attacking him in the kitchen there's blood <laughs> used everywhere yeah. so is that like really difficult um to get into character or was it easier because like you said you did some scenes earlier so it kind of feels like it's almost you like that is going through it yeah I think I was kind of like um playing off of the emotion of the the previous scenes and you know realizing like yeah y'all kidnapped me and you know I'm mad about it (laughs) that's not okay that wasn't cool um but I did take some tips from Daisy Daisy and Sebastian would do like little exercises before we got ready to start and it was really cold outside I ain't gonna lie I was more so like I'm gonna just I'm gonna just try to stay warm. <laughs> I'm gonna just, um, but like Daisy would do a lap around the building real quick, and I'd be like, 
yeah, let me jog with you real quick just to get our, you know, get our energy up and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. It's like when, when, when action happens, you know, when she says action, it's just like, we're in this world. And honestly, in those scenes, they did such a great job with uh, the set design. And when we were outside, they had like, you know, the fog going and it felt eerie. It felt creepy, you know? And I don't know when I'm acting in particular, it's almost like I have tunnel vision, like somehow, some way I don't notice. I do notice the camera, but it's not out of place to me. You know, it's like, I'm still in this world. I'm still this character, but oh, there's a thing over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there are people around, but I really don't pay them any mind. So it really turned into survival mode once we got into those scenes. And it was a lot of fun fun to play with. Movie is so good. I'm running out of time. So I want to make sure I ask you this question, but the movie's so good. And I literally watched it. And then I was like, I feel like I'm slightly scarred. And then like, (laughs) and then I was like, but like it was so powerful like with the women aspect and then the guy leaves but they don't need the man and that's so different and then like the way the like the females were written in it are so different for this type of movie. like just so many things go in your brain and then you watch it and I've seen it like a bunch of times and I just keep like talking about it like I keep talking about different things um so how did it feel to be in this movie where it's so female empowered focused like it's so much about the women they save themselves yeah. and, I, and your character is hilarious. And I just love the yeah. ending. The two of you are like sitting there and you're just like, we did it. Like, you know, we all made it. Yeah. And it's just so different than what you would ever see in any other movie. Yeah. That's what I love the most. I think I personally, um, Jojo, I think that, you know, women should take more accountability for their safety and things of that nature. Um, I kind of look at it like this, like, you know, a man could be like five foot five and 120 pounds, but he doesn't see himself as less of a man or, you know, not strong enough to handle his life or to protect himself. You know, he's just like, I'm going to figure out another way to protect myself from bigger men, you know? Um, And whereas I feel like women are told that we have to depend on a man to protect us or, you know, don't even try to protect yourself or, you know, or we have to put ourselves in the right predicament or circumstance so we don't end up in dangerous situations. This is like so many rules instead of just telling people, how about don't put your hands on people or don't, you know, tell these men not to invade women's spaces or respect women or like th- these type of things. So I think a movie like this is great for uh, representation to young girls and women alike to take accountability for their own safety and their own like, um, just making sure that you are, you feel however you feel like you need to feel in a circumstance and situation and to always be mindful that you're a woman and that makes you vulnerable in a way, but also we're so strong and so capable and so worthy of being able to maneuver through this world without fear, you know, and so, and without danger happening to us. So I hope that people, women in particular are empowered and men are taught to not, bother us <laughs> what would you want to tell people because in terms of like seeing it I was um like I said I've seen it multiple times and I kind of like have evolved thoughts on it like you know seeing it so what are you hoping for fans that stream it tomorrow hopefully watch it multiple times and yes. what are you hoping that they take away from it I hope that it's a later experience I think that if you're a true um fan of film then you'll get the depth of how amazing this film is in terms of the cinematography the design like the way Mimi put together the editing even down to like the credits not coming down in until about 30 minutes in the 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 way that it starts off as a comedy kind of to a degree and then it makes a distinct change in tone and um like you said, it's something I, I don't think I've ever seen before. I, I know I've never seen it before um, because like you said, it's a it's a movie where women women are the ones that are being empowered and empowering themselves and taking ownership of saving themselves. And also um, it's just, it's a, I love the way they put it together because it's not gruesome or gory. We didn't need to see women being raped and stuff like that. But the point is across in different ways, like showing the meat coming through the grinder. Like you can still feel the effectiveness of the the uh, cinematography and the way that they depict different things without showing women being objectified or, you know, uh, abused 
in any type of way. And I think, um, I know they did a really incredible job evoking the right emotions for a thriller slash scary movie slash comedy at sometimes, you know, um, without being, without, without being disrespectful you know, in any type of way, you know, um, and that's what I loved about the film the most is that it got the point across and it, and it, and it, uh, was effective in, in establishing the right emotional roller coasters throughout the film, but women are clearly the focal point and women are clearly the, 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 the sense in it all, <laughs> you know, the, what makes sense, like in, in the heroes, you know, and I think that's just in general in the world. Aren't women the heroes in general? Like we, we supply the earth. So without us, there would be no earth. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And I just want to say thank you so much. I have to wrap up, but um, I love that it was diverse. I love that it was about women and I love it was about strong women and that you guys all saved yourselves. And the movie's so multifaceted. I think people are going to freak out when they see it tomorrow. I'm so excited for you. And, you and like, there's this beautiful light that's coming over you in the camera. Sunlight. You have like a nice little halo. Yeah. So it's this powerful women moment, but. The is shifting. I don't know how that just happened. No, it's, it actually looks really beautiful. And just everything that you've done as an actor, as a writer, like just, I admire you so much and you're just adding on to like your amazing list of stuff that you've done. And this character is amazing. So I thank you so much for taking time out and I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for watching the movie. I really, really, we really appreciate it. Hi. Hello. How's it going? (laughs) Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Super excited to be speaking with you because I've seen your work a lot of your work and I was very happy to see you in fresh and I love the movie. Oh, awesome. And yes. I was doing all sorts of puns, like, you know, that it was deliciously entertaining, you know, like all sorts of things online. So I'm very excited to speak with you, but I just want, I guess I'll start off. Like, first yeah. off, I read a lot about your background mm-hmm. and that your family kind of came over from Nigeria. And I know education's a major thing with family. Yes. Um, and that you did go to school, but then followed your dreams to LA. And I feel like you've been working pretty steadily since you moved. So I wanted to know kind of your whole process and how you were, how you convinced those parents. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. It's a crazy story. You know, yeah, you're right. Wow. Research is great for us for the day. Uh, yes, my father's Nigerian. My mother's Kenyan. Um, they, they actually met in America in the seventies, like in 74, 75, they went to college together. So they met both being international students from outside the country. They met and fell in love as you do. And then eventually moved back to Nigeria. So I was born in Nigeria and all my sisters and my brother, everybody were all born in Nigeria, but, uh, we grew up looking at my family's albums, you know, and we wanted their college experience. We wanted to come to America. And I mean, you know, the American dream. Um, I gotta say it's under under attack right now. But when I was growing up in the '90s, it was a very fresh ideal. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, we wanted to come to America. We wanted to go to school here. Number one, it's just better a better better edu- education system than Nigeria, where I grew up. And so my sort of make come to school here. So yeah, we came here for academics. You know, fast forward a little bit. I I I, I wanted to go into acting like right out of high school. You know, my folks are like absolutely not. You know, we, we have you till college. After college, you do whatever you want to do. So for me, college is really like a plan B, you know, in case acting and workout, I had something to fall back on. So yeah, I graduated with a degree in visual communications design accounting um, with a minor. Yeah, I, I saw that degree and I went, he just did it to please the parents. <laughs> Honest, honestly, you know, but, but, it, but it was, it was crazy because I, 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 I wanted, I wanted something that would end up being as close to filmmaking as possible. So but, you know, felt like a, a real job, you know, so visual communication design, I mean, you could go into gra- graphic design is essentially what I wanted to go into. And I felt like I could probably use that and get into CalArts and then work for Pixar or something like that was kind of like my dream. That was yeah. what, what would have what would have happened. If, get into entertainment some way. <laughs> yeah, in some way, you know, and, and, and I had a really great internship. Look, I had an internship at this company called Ogilvy and Matherson, and they have incredible clients like IBM and Coca-Cola. And so you would get to sit 
in the virtual sessions for marketing for these companies. And, you know, you'd have to hire actors to, 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 you know, do the commercials. And so it was kind of, I felt like I was a part of the world somehow of entertainment, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so that was, that was the degree. But then when I finally decided to, I want to really do this thing, acting, I, I sent my parents an email. I still have the email till today, basically telling them, yeah, I'm going to quit my job. I I'd just been offered a job at Apple actually randomly. And I was like, no, I'm going to quit my job and move out to LA and be a broke actor for a while. And hopefully something comes of it. And, you know, to my parents' credit, you know, and they said, all right, cool, we'll give you a year. <laughs> and I was like, it doesn't happen like seven years to be an overnight success. But I, th I said, hey, look, I'll take what I can get. So they gave me a year. And man, I stumbled upon literally the lottery of lottery that somehow found a way in the first Hunger Games movie. And that kind of, um, has been a snowball. I've luckily been able to be a working actor since then. But yeah, that the, the serendipity of events that led me to my current manager now, shout out to Kana Kasui, which eventually led me to auditioning for Gary Ross to be in the Hunger Games and then getting that. And then like three months later, I'm looking Jennifer Lawrence in the eyeballs. and like. So that all happened literally in a year. I, I think I moved to LA February of 2011, no, 2010. And then March of 2012, sorry, March of 2011, I got cast in the movie. And then that summer we were filming in North Carolina and then it comes out in 2012. So that was very expedited. Then I was a broke actor for years after that, for a little while. <laughs> Cause you go, oh, I'm set now. This is great. I, you know, I, yeah. you know, I'm in the hundred games. It, it can't get any better than, and yeah, it was like, then the drought came and then eventually you realize, oh, this industry is ebbs and flows, you know? So that's a long winded answer history of how I ended up here but yeah. no that's great and I like I said I was doing a ton of research and I saw that you've done movies television mm -hmm. podcast yep. series yep. now another movie that's on a streaming service yep. is there one that you prefer over the other are there different ways that you tackle each one because they're so different right. in terms of how we see them how we view them mm -hmm. things like that no, for, for me, it's all expression. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an actor, I'm a vessel. If anything, I think the thing that might slightly change is whose story is it? You know what I mean? I think if you're acting on, on stage, you know, it's, it, that's an actor's medium. You know what I mean? Because you're holding the attention of a live audience the whole way through. If anything, you're in, in, in strong tandem with the writer. Um, I think film is mostly a director and editor's medium. And so it's for you to come in as a vessel to create options for them, you know, and then voice work. Yeah, I got a chance to do two podcast dramas last year. And that was an amazing experience, but that is just pure fun because you can just go in there and do it as many times as possible. And, but yeah, once again, I think that's also an editor and a director's medium, um, but it's, the pressure is off. You know what I mean? You come into work, you don't have to, I've taken pajamas you sit there and you know because it was during the pandemic I did those like from home in the middle of the pandemic first of all I'm just wake up and you know they gave you a little microphone set up and some sound dampeners for your room and you just get people kind of amazed so yeah I've, I've I, but yeah it's it's all you want to create something fun you want to take people on a journey you know what I mean you want to as an actor stretch yourself you want to play different things it's all still the same in that aspect you know what i mean but um but yeah it's just fun you know people can, should be able to get their entertainment any way they want you know? how did you end up with the character of paul and fresh because let me tell you it's i thought the movie was hilarious and then there's all, you know obviously there's also like horrifying scenes that happen in where you're slightly yes. scarred but your character in particular is so freaking funny <laughs> and I want to talk about like some parts of it. And obviously this will come out like after it's streaming, but oh, good. just in, just to start off with, how did you get kind of attached to it? I got a call from my manager and my agent at UTA said, Hey, Miss uh, Francine Maisler over there wants you to come in and read for this little part. And uh, it's, it's not the biggest part at all, but it's Adam McKay producing. I said, Ooh, yes, please. I'll do anything that he's remotely a part of. Um, and, and I read the material and it was just very relaxed. And then there was also a part of it that was like improv. They wanted me to do some improvisation on stuff. And I said, oh, that's also fun. So I, that, it was honestly one of the most fun auditions. You know, I went in there and I just had a blast doing that audition. I sent in the tape and 
And then we get a call and they're like, yeah, you got the part. And then really what sold me on it was after I got the part, I got to read the, the script and I just loved it. I just loved the script. I was like, it's not Paul's story at all. You know what I mean? He, he is definitely in the peripheries of the story, but because I'm, I'm the youngest of, of, of five. I have three sisters before me and my mom and I've got nieces and it's such a, not to sound cliche, but it's such a strong movie for women. You know what I mean? It's, it is, it is me. It's like the feminist movie done right. And please forget, I'm not trying to mansplain to anybody, but when I read it, just with the women in my life, I just felt like I want to be a part of something that they can watch and have like a bombastic experience in the theater. You know what I mean? It's one of those type of stories. And so like, I'm, sign me up, let me do this. And then I got the chance to talk to Mimi Cave. And she broke down with why she wanted to tell the story. This is her first film, why she wanted to go this route and what this movie should mean for women who see it. And I, I was so on board because I just knew this is exactly what my sisters want to watch. You know what I mean? It's, it's such a empowering experience, you know, and it's fun as well. You know, it, it, it's heightened. It's a heightened movie, but I just it's just a great romp. I think it's just one of those fun movies that you can gather a bunch of people in a room you know a dark room get some popcorn and watch the movie and be loud and scream at the tv have a, you know an experience and then have a real dialogue after the film i just thought it ticked a bunch of boxes in. and after seeing the movie that mimi made i thought she nailed it personally i thought she killed it i i was like yeah you got something special here um so yeah that's that's how yeah audition like anybody else audition and true to Mimi's word and the the audition process when we did get to set uh Lauren Kahn who wrote an amazing script she was like you know we'll shoot it as is and then if you want to improv anything feel free to to make it your own feel free to take it in new directions and um for, for I don't know being number five on the call sheet, given that kind of freedom, that's unheard of. I mean, you know, they were it was such an amazing set, such such an amazing set. Um, one of the best ones I've been in terms of just actors being comfortable and creating a, an amazing safe space was awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, speaking of that, I resonate with that because when I saw it, when your character kind of gets introduced, it's almost like you know, yes, her, like her best friend is like worried about her and she wants to have like a guy. Right. So you're going, Oh, of course she wants to bring a man in to like help her. But it's so woman focused because she does all the investigating. She finds her friend and then she sends you a map to where she is just in case something was happening. And I was like, yes, like she, she's not just doing like, like outrageous things that you would typically see in a quote horror movie. If you want to call it a horror movie, I feel like it's a genre bending movie, but um you know it's you just don't see those kind of things or you see like the girl falling or making stupid decisions all of the women in this movie make very smart decisions and in fact i was going to mention your character does it yeah he's yeah he's the red herring you know i i I, and this is something that mimi and i spoke about which was you know these women are going to save themselves. They will have agency of their lives. It's not going to go the way you think. It's not a damsel in in distress and the nice, lovable bartender guy comes to the rescue. I mean, Um, and I respected that. I love that he's, you know, he's not the hero of the story. These women are the heroes of their story. And, And I thought that that was very important to have that note. And, and also like from a selfish point of view, like, the history of black people in horror movies, you know, showing up to a haunted situation and hearing something and going, oh, let me investigate further. We don't do that. You know, we show up, you know what I mean? We show up somewhere and hear some shit, I'm out. I I love, I'm out. You're not even my girl like that. We kind of used to mess around a little bit in the past, but you know, I'll call you tomorrow. I I, I gotta go. That's what was so funny because when I'm watching it, like when I saw it for the first time, I saw it at Sundance because um, I was covering Sundance. So when I saw it, like, oh, thank God, like he's going to show up, you know, because they're running in the woods. And like, and meanwhile, I did think that in my brain, I was like, these are like badass women. Cause like she came up with this whole, you know, Daisy's character comes up with this whole plan, yep. figures out a way to get out. She sa- and she doesn't just leave, she saves her friends. And like, it, it was just so like mind blowing. And in the midst of like a shootout and running through the woods, I'm like, yes, he's showing up. Like, he's going to save the day. <laughs> and you literally show up and you're like, 
I'm out. <laughs> you hear like I'm, I'm to go. And I, I remember, I think I like viscerally yell, like I think I like yelled out loud. Because I was like, oh my God, like how could you do that? Like this woman needs help. Right. But it, it does reiterate the fact, I think one, as a woman, I assume you're gonna save the day because you're the man, right? right? Right. And then, and so like, I, I remember like yelling, like, I was like, I can't believe really. <laughs> um, and then the second yeah. thing is obviously the ending, which, you know, they do save themselves, which is amazing. But right. I think your character, although, like you said, is not in every single scene, it's so pivotal to yeah. telling the story because without you, we don't have that hopeful, he's going to yep. save a moment. So yep. like you really make this into a woman's movie, if that makes sense. Yes. So absolutely. Was there a lot of pressure? Like, because I know that you said that, you know, you obviously took the role. There were all these great opportunities connected to it. But then when you read the whole thing, yeah. without you, it doesn't become a feminist or like a power for women movie. Absolutely. Then are you it's, like, it's, oh my God. Yes, it's such a, it, it's, you're right. He's such a small cog, but like it hinges on it, unknown, unknown to the audience. It, it, it hinges on him to make it the, the feminist story. Um, and and I, I, we were very aware of that, you know what I mean? We were very aware of that. I mean, there were, there, I don't know if I should probably say this, but, you know, there were ideas of even killing him off at a certain point to make it definitive, like, that this is a women's story. But we just, I think, ultimately, Mimi and, you know, the producer decided, no, we don't have to do that to, to, to get that, that point across. You know, we can have a meta moment where we could speak to why, why does the Black dude always have to die in the horror movie? You know, let's, let's flip that trope on its head. And then secondarily, it's it's to also like, you know, get get us out of this narrative of the man coming to save the day. You know what I mean? And it's not to knock on men. You know, they're great guys out there. That you know, but in this spe specific story, I think what we're trying to highlight is that there are those who participate in abuse. You know, uh, if you're talking about like the Sebastian Stan character or the the individuals that. Uh, purchase the delicacies that he sends to them, you know, or like, you know, the gentleman earlier on, Brett, earlier on in the movie, the first date that she goes on, you know, they're, they're yeah. different, they're different types of, of horse blinders that masculinity gives, puts on men. And with Paul's character, it's also a different one, you know, for those who just decide to turn a blind eye, you know, it's, it's almost like if you turn a blind eye to the plight of women in society, you are also part of the problem. So it's it's exploring all these different, you know, masculine perspectives on, you know, the plight of women in society and from the toxic masculine to those who turn a blind eye and think just because they don't participate in it, you know, in any way that they are, uh, for lack of a better term, guilt-free. But it's like, no, if, if there are injustices happening around you, and you are in a position to do something about it, you should do something about it. So that's why the Paul situation is so weirdly simple, but very complex at the same time in that, you know, he had the opportunity to do something, but then he, you know, decided to just look out for himself, you know, at the same time, we rarely are happy that the black man isn't killed at the end of the day. You know, it's such a weird combination of things. But this is this is why I love it because once it's over, there's a whole other conversation that could be had about mm -hmm. the film. Well, and that's so true. Um, you know, when I saw it again, obviously, so I've seen it multiple times. And mm -hmm. when you first watch it, it's just like enjoyable. And like, yes, I totally yelled at your character. I was so mad. But then like when you start thinking, you know, and then I saw it again, I went, oh my gosh, like, they didn't even need him anyway. And like, you know, just everything that you said. And then you, and you start thinking of all those things like in Scream, they're known to do that where they go like, I'm a black guy. Like, I think it was in like yep. the second one. And he was like, black people don't do this. Like he's yep. like, I'm out. And he's like, hey. <laughs> so like, like yeah. all of those things and her, and even having a diverse cast and a diverse yes. set of women survive, mm -hmm. I think brings on all of these conversations. So at first glance, you watch this movie, it's hilarious. It's yeah. scarring. But then, like you said, you start talking about it and you're just like, man, like that's yeah. like really deep, like all yeah. the kind of stuff that they showed. So um, I know I'm like limited on time already. I, only, I think I only have a couple of minutes left with you, but I kind of, I guess I should ask you, you know, after fans see it, I mm. highly recommend seeing it more than once. Cause like I said, when yes. I first saw it, it was just funny and I was mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then like you start thinking about it and you talk about it. So what would you recommend for people who are gonna see this movie tomorrow? Mm -hmm. and March 4th and 
what advice would you give them? Because they're going into this film, they might be thinking it's one thing and it could be something else. It's multi-layered. Yeah. So what would you tell them? I am happy. I am so happy if they go into this movie thinking it's something else. And then we get 30 minutes into the movie and the opening credits actually start and you go, whoa, okay, so this is the movie I'm here to see. I hope that they surrender to the movie. You know what I mean? Um, but what, what I love about what I love about the movie is that it plays on our cinematic uh, the way we process movies cinematically and how we're programmed to process certain story tropes. And that's why I think it really works. You know, it, it's I mean, this is, it goes without saying, I hope they don't read spoilers about it. I hope they don't really know the nature of the story, because I think part of the trick of the film is you know, the, the tropes that we have been set up or that we've been conditioned to expect in movies like this. And once a movie puppeteers your expectations and turns things around, I think it's a rewarding experience. You know, and another thing is like, a, a movie I wish as an, as an example is August Osage County. And, you know, you ask somebody like, is that, a, is that a good movie? And they go, oh my God, no, like it made me feel sick. Like I hate families like that. But it's like, that's what the movie's designed to do. It's it's showing you a, a, a truly dysfunctional family and showing you like, this is how it goes for people like that. So it's honest. And so my thing is like, I don't, I, I, it doesn't need to be a feel good movie. You know what I mean? Like if, if you walk away a little disturbed and, and you know, kind of <laughs> second guessing every time you're in a parking lot by yourself, it, you know, it, if it's playing on those paranoias, I think it's succeeded, you know, and if, and if, but you know it's tintillating at the same time you know the movie borrows from you know psycho and 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 american sorry american psycho and things like that so i'm i'm cool with people giggling a little bit or finding you know if you giggle at sebastian going th throughout the movie and feel weird about it that's okay as well like why am i laughing at this moment why am i this is insane you know i think that i think all those things just play to our paranoias you know, fears and you know generally we tend to find humor when it's not us you know what i mean like oh thank god it's not me going through that i think that's all okay it's all all the human experience but yeah that's why I, I just i would hope people go into it blindly surrender to it i hope that they they watch it with their preconceived notions of how they condition to watch movies because i think it works better that way and i would just i just hope people leave the movie having a, a bigger conversation about you know you know, social dynamics between men and women and and all the little things that are laced throughout the movies and throughout the movie and the way we react with the opposite sex and what is dating really about and getting to know people and and um and the traumas of of relationships and you know all all that stuff. I think that's all important because if, if we don't get the humor it comes to an end, you know what I'm saying? We, we gotta repopulate the earth. So, so um <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, uh, and where can people find you um, if they want to like follow you on Twitter, Instagram? Are you on any social? Yeah, only Twitter and Instagram. Okay. At, at Dio O'Kenny um, on both because nobody has my name on earth. I'm pretty convinced. So any like social platform I'm on, I'm like, oh, good. I could just use my name. Um, but Perfect. yes, Twitter, Instagram at Dio O'Kenny. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to follow you. Um, I'm obsessed with you. Yeah. I love all of your <laughs> And oh, thank in, this you so in particular, much. you were so good. I thank, thank you so much for taking time out to talk with me today. And to reiterate, I've been telling everyone no spoilers because my like my jaw dropped when the that credit moment when, yeah. when and I went, oh my god, they didn't even show credits because you were like right in, and yeah. she did such a good job of that. So, but your character I think is so pivotal to this film, and you did you. such a good job at playing him, and um, the message is just amazing. So thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm thank so you happy to see you with you. Pleasure. <laughs> and thank you for I... sharing about your family. <laughs> yes. Thank you for doing your research. That makes me feel so good. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Hi, Mimi. I'm so excited to talk to you. My name is Monica Cleaverman. Awesome. I wanted to find out what drew you, because I know like you've done um, a lot of shorts and you've done a lot of directing and of uh, various projects in the past, but for like a full length feature, of this magnitude <laughs> that has such an interesting structure on how it's actually filmed. What drew you onto the project to go, yeah, I'm gonna direct that and I'm gonna handle all of these moving parts. I, I think, you know, like as a as a filmmaker, and I can't speak for all filmmakers, but I'm assuming like you're you're always leading up to features. That's sort of the dream. And I think um, so all of the work that I've done in the last 10 years and everything like 
it's all leading up to that in hopes that I'm, I'm going to get a feature. Um, so I think that a lot of it just was like, I was interested in the project. I was scared by the project. It excited me, but also I knew that if I was able to, to get fresh that, um, I would be working with like these very trusted producers and people that I really look up to. And so I felt very kind of safe in that sense um, to take on a bigger project. In terms of directing, what your decision was for, obviously everyone talks about that 30 minute, like where I, I was, I start watching the film and then 30 minutes and you're like, oh my God, we didn't even see credits. Like I didn't even think. And then, it's, you know, the credits show up. And we kind of diverge pretty quickly after that moment. So as a director, how do you kind of, do you set it up in steps to go where had, you know, he's going to be nice to you and, you know, do all the nice stuff in the beginning. Do you kind of switch it up as you're directing? How do you tackle the nice part of Steve and then the bad or psychotic, however you want to consider it part of Steve? Yeah, I think like, you know, I knew that I wanted to really have the audience's sort of emotional investment in Steve and in Noah um, in that first 30 minutes. And that was going to require a lot of heavy lifting on Sebastian's part in, in terms of, you know, how we're going to play him after the 30 minute mark and how we're going to play him before and knowing that, okay, this is a character that is like, essentially grooming um you know people and hunting these women and all of that and i think that that was like the big part of it is that i knew that i needed to have that emotional investment ahead of time and so that when the big switch happens it's so surprising and so jarring like you kind of get some sense that something's off or maybe your spidey senses are kind of like hmm like seems too good to be true that whole kind of thing and that really it is too good to be true in the end and sort of like yeah, there's confirma confirmation bias there where it's like yeah uh oh shit something is happening and and I think um again it was it was a lot on Sebastian's shoulders to be able to carry both of those realities and how was it directing him because I thought it was very ironic that they meet in a supermarket um, you know, and again, I've seen the movie multiple times. So like more things started like occurring to my brain after the fact, I was like, oh my God, they meet in a supermarket. Like I'm so stupid. Like, you know, like after watching it, I was like, that's so ironically funny. And then, you know, obviously he says, I don't eat meat and another thing, like, you know, things start like popping in after you're watching it, but how is it directing that? Because you do this glorious, like the coloring and the cinematography and the way it looks in the beginning is very different than how when it, it evolves to the kind of like the more psychotic Steve with the colors and the red and the dark wood and the stuff that we're seeing, the two are very different. And it's almost like the best way I could describe it is like Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody where like there's so much mixture in it and you're going, that would never work. And then all it does is work. It's like, it's so perfect. So how is it directing or did you have to give notes to Sebastian? Cause it is a very heavy on him for us to fall in love with them. And then for you to believe that he is like a little off kilter <laughs> later in the movie. Yeah. Sorry. What's so what's the question? So like, how was it in, in terms of directing him because mm -hmm. of all okay. of those elements that we see? I mean, yeah. I mean, very different. you know, he, he is very committed. He's a very committed actor. Everyone on this project is. And I think that he was, you know, concerned with, making sure that his sort of portrayal of this type of person wasn't copying something that's been done in another film. And what you realize is that's difficult because a lot of the sort of tropes and stereotypes of psychopaths or serial killers come from a place of like realness. That's there's certain qualities those people have. And so the, the portrayals are very true to that. But how do we do something that is unique to Steve and, and unique to Sebastian's portrayal of this person? And I think that he and I, like he did a ton of research and um, talked to criminal psychologists, you know, and, and he and I would go back and forth, you know, for months of just like little different ideas of backstory and decision and, you know, writing up a full backstory of him and, and kind of like being like, okay, here's our Bible. And um, so it was a, a constant conversation th through shooting and, and always trying to find sort of like his version and, and where to 
go a little bigger in the performance and where to pull back. And, um, and I think, you know, he relied on me to, to give him that feedback to make sure that it was um, balanced correctly. And like, speaking of balance, how did you decide when to input the music? Because obviously there's dancing in like the happy beginning version. And then there's kind of like sadistic dancing later um, in the movie. And it was so musical. Um, there were parts where I was, la- I mean, I was literally laughing and you're almost laughing out of like fear because it's so insane what you're watching. But even him dancing in the kitchen and music's playing and he's just so happy and that's like his happy place. So how do you pick where and how much to put in those type of moments? Because it was perfect. I mean, it was perfectly balanced. So a lot of it is scripted in that way. Um, But then, you know, there's additional movement stuff added in when I came on and um, opportunities to create scenes where, you know, we're communicating a relationship without dialogue. And I think that was also a big part of it as well. Like, you know, you're, you're in a world that's dealing with the, the, the physical form and the body. And so to ignore that on the screen would be, I think, a great disservice or a missed opportunity to the story. So um, dance is, is, is a way that kind of enca- encapsulates all of those things. I can, I can speak to someone's body language. I can um, you know, show a experience between two people. Um, I can show joy. I can show sort of like sexuality and all of those things. And that can all be done just through the way someone's body language is, whether they're dancing or running or walking, you know. Um, and so I think I, I tried to make sure that was sort of like infused throughout. And then did you make like a conscious effort for this film to be so impactful, I think for women? Because I, I've said it in other interviews, I think I've said it twice or three times now, that this movie is so, and you, I think you don't think of it right away, but when you're watching it and, um, you know, like Dio's character shows up and then leaves. He's like, forget this, I'm out. And he leaves. And I, when I first saw it, I went, oh my God, what are you doing? Like help these women. Cause that's your natural reaction is to go, you need a man to help you, but they don't. They don't need a man to help them. And they kind of all save themselves um, in various parts of the films um, for each of them. And then obviously the end. So do you, was that like scripted? Do you step in at certain parts? Like how, how did you make that work? Because it's so um, different than anything I've ever seen before because we're usually played I said this earlier for lack of a better term we're usually stupid like we were yeah. stupid girls that fall and yeah all of that. I mean I think like so honestly the ending you know did change a little bit from what was scripted the, there were a couple of men who tried to help there were a couple of men who were more involved and in the edit room we realized it wasn't working um, and we realized that you know this was going to be stronger if it was like actually shown that with or without a guy coming in or, you know, that, that these women could figure it out. And it's definitely more like symbolic than it is realistic in a lot of ways. Um, and so, yeah, that was something that in the edit room, we really were like, oh, this, you know, this adds another element to it that we really like. And it allows these three women characters to stand on their own and kind of keeps you in their story instead of like, giving you another side story to be sort of um distracted by so yeah and then earlier like when we kind of first started talking you had said you know i your path was obviously to do like a full-length movie at some point so what was different for you in the learning process and in the directing process from stuff that you've done before yeah i mean honestly the difference is mostly just scale and size and scope and um, having a, a lot more people to take care of, having a lot more people to communicate to, having a longer amount of time to work on something. You know, I've worked on this for the past two years and um, I really, you know, I enjoy that process. I like being intensely in a world and um, getting to live in it and have like this sort of constant artistic conversation with the people around me. So I really enjoyed that. And I think the the biggest challenges were just honestly more like personal of, do I have the endurance for this? You know, can I physically do this? Because it's, it's quite taxing on the body. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I think like really it was using all the things I already knew and then just applying them on a different scale. And, 
getting to have a lot more resources and, and, you know, that means more money and more ability to sort of execute the ideas in the way that I wanted to. I mean, this movie was literally one of my favorite movies, if not the, my favorite movie of Sundance when I, I was accredited over there and doing all that. And I've, like I said, I've seen it multiple times since. And every time I think of something else, another layer, I'm like diversity and there's women. We don't need a man. Like so many more things come into my brain. So I was wondering what are you hoping for? So when people see it tomorrow, which is March 4th, and like I said, it's coming out after the fact, but what are you hoping people, hopefully they watch it multiple times. Cause I think you've learned yeah. much more if you watch it a bunch of times, but what are you hoping people get out of it? Well, I hope that people watch it in groups. I hope that people watch it with other people. I think that's the best way it's seen. You know, it's originally designed to be seen in a theater. So um, that's, we want to try to emulate that experience as much as possible. Cause I think um, this is the type of movie where when someone reacts and you're next to them, it kind of gives you permission to react. And so I, I really would, you know, encourage people to do that. I have some friends who are doing screening parties and stuff like that. So I think that's really fun. Um, and then in terms of what I want people to take away, like my goal is always quite quite general in directing anything, which is that I just want people to feel something. <laughs> I like I like things that kind of get you out of your day-to-day. -day. I like things that give you an experience, um, whether that's emotional or um, physical <laughs> with this one. I think, um, you know, it's just an opportunity to to have to like give someone an experience that hopefully they are thinking about for a few days after yeah this movie has driven me crazy because <laughs> uh, when i first saw it i was laughing then i was like yeah it was very like visceral like i was like yelling then i was like and then as i you know have seen it a few times then i went like ooh, like i didn't notice like that was so smart like the like i said the supermarket like didn't even like occur to me and then things start you know kind of making and I'm like oh they're like she did such a great job but like directing this or this music scene and I just think so much of it's going to end up being like internet clip like everyone's gonna be like look at this clip from this movie it's so good yeah um, like I, I worked really hard to layer it every scene with a lot of easter eggs so you know for myself or you know anyone who's kind of like a nerdy nerdy film lover like me out there who wants to look for those things so they're all they're there so I'm glad that you're catching on oh my god it, it's so good um but I have to ask for the eating scenes. <laughs> I like cringe and you did such a good job because it's kind of like silent. And um, when he's showing, you know, when he brings the plates out and he's like kind of testing her and then ultimately when they start having dinners. So of course I have to ask, what did you guys end up using? Because I, all I could see is like human because that's what we're kind of watching him do. But what did you, was it just like regular? Yeah, I mean, I, I've just been kind of telling this this question keeps coming up and I've just been <laughs> kind of telling people like, we, you know, we worked on designing the, the recipes. Um, we did a lot of different iterations and it was all about, you know, how it looked and making sure that there was a, a sort of mix of something familiar, but something that felt a little off. So in each of the dishes we played with ingredients that would help the texture look a certain way or the color appear a certain way on camera and um and also be edible for our actors and so everything was you know completely organic and and um completely like ready to be eaten <laughs> i wanted to ask you also what your take is obviously directing this film and having so many layers in it and having it be so important for women for diversity for not needing a man like all of these elements on top of the fact that it's a genre bending it's funny it's serious it's scary it's like all these different elements to it so for you what does that feel like now that it's done it's out there in the world we all love it and i think all the fans are going to love it so how does that feel as a director to just be like you accomplished all of these multi different levels that I know that you said that in the beginning you were like can I do this and yeah did I mean yeah, I think I think like with anything at least for me um you know I kind of like if I'm if I feel good about it and I'm happy with with what I've done and put in and feel strong about the choices I've made in post and things like that then that's all I can really do at the end of the day and and like you hope that people pick up on that and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And that's just the reality of what we do. We're always taking like creative risks to elicit a response. And, um, but the beautiful thing about like what I do is that I'm 
so intensely living the movie. I know every single second of that movie by heart. I know every breath. I know every edit. And I've seen it a million times. But now it's like I get to give that away and it becomes everybody else's. And so however that is ingested, <laughs> digested, um, you know, it's out of my hands. So I, I, I hope that people get to pick up on the sort of like, I hope that people don't react to the superficiality of it and actually see that there's um, more layers there. And um, yeah, that's all I can hope for. I want to say thank you so much. And I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Absolutely. Um, you did such a great job. So congratulations. People thank are going to freak out tomorrow. Oh, <laughs>